Greetings. Welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially about the Earth, all that is in it, and beyond. Today's edition is about William Smith, breaking new ground with stratigraphy. William Smith, breaking new ground with stratigraphy. That is a play on words, as we will see. Just as fundamental to geography as what is on the surface of the Earth is what is under the surface of the Earth. Landforms and coastlines are in large part determined by the underlying rock type. Soil conditions and vegetative land cover are influenced by the structure and composition of bedrock. The water table and a region's hydrology reflect the structure of regional and even global forces that have been responsible for the arrangement of subsurface layers. Yet for centuries, the thought of mapping what is difficult to observe, the subsurface, seemed unattainable at best and not relevant at worst. William Smith, 1769 to 1839, would change all of that, creating the world's first nationwide geologic map. Smith was born in Churchill, Oxfordshire, England, and at age 18 began working as an assistant for Edward Webb, W-E-B-B, a surveyor. He took to it so quickly that four years later found him traveling to Somerset to make a valuation survey of an estate, staying there as a surveyor, but also working for the Somersetshire Coal Canal Company. During this time, the Industrial Revolution was taking hold, and large landowners hired people like Smith to help them find valuable deposits on their property. At the estate, he worked at one of the older mines, the Mearns Pit at High Littleton, and observing the rock layers, or strata, he realized that they were arranged in a predictable pattern, and that the various strata could always be found in the same relative positions. Hmm. He also noted that particular stratum types could be identified by the fossils they contained. Ah, and at the same and the same succession of fossil groups from older to younger rocks could be found in many parts of England. In addition, he noticed an easterly dip of the beds of rock, low near the surface, about three degrees, then higher after the Triassic rocks. He formed a hypothesis which he termed the principle of faunal succession, F-A-U-N-A-L, succession having to do with animals, and now needed to test it, he began traveling to determine if the relationships between the strata and their characteristics were consistent throughout England and Wales. He spent the next 15 years continually taking samples and mapping the locations of strata, poking and digging under bridges, in road cuts, along railroad beds and canal banks, on the sides of river valleys, and along coastal cliffs. Talk about fieldwork! He drew the vertical extent of each layer and cross-sections and tables of what he saw, earning him the name Strata Smith. From this fieldwork, Smith amassed a large, valuable collection of fossils of the strata he had examined himself, from exposures in canals, road and railway cu cuttings, quarries, and escarpments along and across the country. He published his findings with many drawings from his fossil collection, enabling others to investigate their distribution and test his theories. His collection is especially good on Jurassic fossils. He collected from the corn brash, Kimberidge clay, Oxford clay, oolitic limestone, and other horizons in the sequence. They included many types of brachiopods, ammonites, and mollusks 
characteristic of the shallow seas in which they were deposited. In 1799, Smith produced the first large-scale geologic map of the area around Bath, Somerset. Up until recently, he only knew how to draw the vertical extent of the rocks, but not how to display them horizontally. However, in the Somerset County Agricultural Society, he found a map showing the types of soils and vegetation around Bath, or Bath, I should say, and their geographical extent, each colored differently. Using this technique, Smith drew a geological map showing the outcrops of the, of the rocks in different colors and interpolated the rock type boundaries underground where he could not see. Next, in 1801, he drew a rough sketch of what would become the world's first geologic map, working as a mineral surveyor that allowed him to catalog his discoveries and meet scientists and administrators alike. In 1815, Smith published this first geological map of a significant part of Great Britain, all of England and Wales and part of Scotland. Although William McClure's geological map in the USA was published in 1809, Smith's approach and the geographical extent were truly revolutionary. Besides the geological layers, he also marked canals, tunnels, tramways, roads, collieries, mines, and salt and alum works. Although he used hand annotation techniques, the map is remarkably similar to modern geological maps around the world. He also published books such as The Delineation of the Strata of England and Strata Identified by Organized Fossils, and also a detailed geological cross-section from Snowdon to London. Unfortunately and sadly, Smith was snubbed by the Geological Society of London and ignored. He complained that Smith complained, they complained that Smith complained that the theory of geology is in the possession of one class of men and the practice in another. His maps were soon plagiarized by the society and sold for prices lower than what Smith was asking. Hmm. Smith was forced into debt and despite selling his vast fossil and rock collection to the British Museum, he became bankrupt in 1819 and at age 50 was sent to the debtor's prison. Released some months later, his troubles were not over. Upon his home of 14 years, he found a bailiff at the door, and his home and property were seized. After working as an itinerant surveyor for many years, one of his employers, Sir John Johnstone, recognized him and took steps to gain for him the respect he deserved. He then lived and worked in Scarborough, responsible for the building of a geological museum devoted to the Yorkshire coast called the Rotunda. Finally, he had some vindication. Just eight years before he died, the Geological Society of London conferred on him the first and prestigious Wollaston Medal, W-O-L-L-A-S-T-O-N, medal, in recognition of his achievements. And the Society's president, Adam Sedgwick, called him, quote, the father of English geology, end quote. Next, in 1835, he received an honorary doctorate of laws, from Trinity College and in 1838 was appointed as one of the commissioners to select building stone for the new Palace of Westminster. The vindication continues. The museum in Scarborough, where he was, was working, was reopened as Rotunda, the William Smith Museum of Geology in 2008. In 2009, author Simon Winchester increased international knowledge about Smith, dubbed his map as, quote, the map that changed the world in his best-selling book of the same name. And by the way, I've read that book. It's one of my favorite books of all time, and I highly recommend it. In 2015, the BBC reported about the new excitement that surrounded the discovery of a first edition copy of the Smith map, 
of which only about 70 copies are thought to exist. William Smith's impact on geography and geology were enormous. His first impacts were with his own family. His nephew John Phillips became a major influence in the 19th century in geology and paleontology. Among his other accomplishments, he is credited as creating the specifics for most of the table of geologic eras that is used today in 1841. Second, there were immediate economic benefits for those who used Smith's findings to locate, no surprise, coal and other resources as the Industrial Revolution spread. This led to modern societies as we know them today, which had and continued to exert enormous influence on the physical and cultural geography of the planet. Continuing today through supply chain management, for example. Third, about every national and regional geological survey agency around the world began using his methods for the geologic mapping. Some of the names he coined, like Cornbrash, are still used today for specific formations. Fourth, Smith's work influenced the modern study of geomorphology, the study of landforms, typically housed in geography departments at today's universities. I love geomorphology, personally. What's not to love? But much of his influence comes from his principle of faunal succession. It holds that because fossils succeed one another in order, rocks containing similar fossils are similar in age. This principle has enabled scientists to construct the geological timescale by which the relative ages of rocks can be measured, and thus, Smith was instrumental in helping geologists and geographers understand the history of the Earth. Indeed, Hutton and Lyell began to realize that the history was far longer than it was commonly believed. Smith's collected fossils blazed the way for Charles Darwin's theory a few decades later. Up until Smith, geologists were only interested in the physical and chemical origins of rocks and the valuable minerals they contain, and not the historical order in which they were deposited. Indeed, Smith had founded a whole science, stratigraphy, the study of rock strata. Smith also shares some interesting connections to William Harrison. You might be interested in my podcast about Harrison's clock that determined more accurately than ever before a ship's position in terms of its longitude, so Harrison's clock. And Harrison lived the century before Smith. Like Harrison, Smith was not academically or university trained, and both of their stories thus represent the triumph of the common man. His experience was also similar to William Harrison in that both men were not appreciated by the establishment until late in their lives. They were out-of-the-box thinkers who were far ahead of their time. It was 2003, and I was in London for a geography conference. What were my chances of seeing Smith's map at the London Geological Institute without an appointment? I walked to their building and knocked on the door. I was surprised and elated when the staff not only welcomed me, but after we wound through the Institute's passageways, came to a stairwell and with some solemn grandeur parted the curtain there to display Smith's original map, the stairwell being the only location with enough wall space to hang the map in one piece. While I was not allowed to take a picture of it, I was grateful and in awe for the photograph they did allow me with the bust of Smith that stood in the same stairwell. Next, I viewed his fossil collection that helped him produce the map on display in the British Museum. I felt a keen sense that I was viewing a major leap forward in humankind's understanding of the world. That's a personal story to append my discussion today on William Smith, Breaking New Ground with Stratigraphy. William Smith, Breaking New Ground with Stratigraphy. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially about the world, 
everything in it, and of course this week, especially everything underneath it, and beyond. Joseph Kursky here, wishing you all a very spatial day. Thanks.